Hi there, this is Dennis Velko with Out Bureau, and we're doing something new, and I hope it's going to be exciting for everyone as we grow our community on all the various channels, both on outbureau.com, YouTube, and over 15 podcasting apps. We're going to be starting a series with Dr. Kelly. She is not an attorney, but represents a large and vast network of attorneys and has great information to share with us throughout these short series. So welcome to the show, Dr. Kelly. Thanks so much, Dennis. Awesome. Well, I know we're going to be keeping these brief and short, unlike my typical 30 to 60 minute in long form format interviews. Um, and I really like the information that we were talking about in our several conversations. And I appreciate you, uh, your openness to come on for these uh, short dialogues and informational sessions. So with that, folks, what we're going to be talking about today is second parent adoption, specifically talking about the how that works within the LGBT community. Uh, Dr. Kelly's uh, legal network is all over the US and Canada. So if you have questions that you would like to ask uh, an actual uh, uh, board certified attorney, Dr. Kelly, she is your gal. She can hook you up, okay? Yes, thanks so much, Dennis. Second parent adoptions, also you might hear them called co-parent adoptions are so important in the LGBTQ community. I know you've had your own experience with that and, and maybe you could share a little bit as we get there. Um, I wanna start off by giving an example of how complicated creating legal connections to our children can be in the LGBTQ community. I wanna read you just a little piece of an article that was done by NBC News that illustrates this point, I think, beautifully. Dr. Sarah Watson and her partner, Anna Ford, always wanted children. But when Ford gave birth to their son, Eli, this was three years ago, so 2017, Watson was told that she could not put her name on the birth certificate, even though she was using her own egg with this particular pregnancy. At the time, Parentage laws in her state, which was Rhode Island, um, where unmarried, where they resided, did not recognize Watson, who didn't carry the baby as the parent. So think about that. She provided her egg to her partner, Anna, who carried the child. When Eli was born, they could not put Sarah on the birth certificate, even though she's biological. This is what she had to say. I'm the biological parent, but not the birth parent. The way that the law has been worked, the only way that she could get parental rights was through adoption. For the first eight months of my child's life, she says, I didn't have any parental rights at all, right? His legal parents were my partner and the anonymous sperm donor. I couldn't add him to my insurance. I couldn't pick him up from daycare. I couldn't authorize him to go to the doctor or get any vaccines. This is what happens with our families. The laws are created in such a way that we often fall through these cracks and we have to jump through so many hoops just to create that legal connection to our own children. Now, thankfully, the laws in 
Rhode Island have changed since then. I think that, you know, this is a prime example of why the legislature there decided to update their laws in 2020. But at the time, she literally had to go through a second parent adoption to adopt her own child. Oh, wow. What a, you know, kind of, you know, a little bit of a heart-wrenching story, but so nice that they were able to affect change in their state, which uh, all the LGBTQ persons seeking to create families will benefit from. So there's a positive. I'm, I'm a yes. super, super duper uh, expialidocious optimistic person. I always try to see the bright side of things. And there are bright sides, you know, it's important for us to understand that parentage actually is a state by state um, legal concern. So, you know, in our country, we have the federal government and then we have states rights and states actually control a lot of family law, pretty much all of family law. And so, you know, there's a patchwork of laws across our country that are different. And so what might happen in one state may not be the thing that happens in another state. So being aware of what our laws are and being aware of the ways in which we can use those and using our voice to affect change, I think is really important. Yes, it is. And one, of course, this is a, an international audience. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. What I'd really love for you to do right now, as Dr. Kelly, is, uh, uh, as we're starting to get into this, is put your questions down below. Um, and in whatever application that you're listening to, we'll get pinged and so forth and try to the best of our ability to answer your questions. But knowing that I'm, I have gone through the adoption process, uh, my son is now 12. We adopted him at birth. Uh, in the state that we were living in, um, they also did not recognize at the time a two-parent of unmarried two parents uh, to adopt. So what we had to do was my ex-husband adopted and then we did, I had to then go through the second uh, parent adoption process, which in some ways was a little easier. Do, well, one, they didn't allow it at the time. They do now, but um, it, was, it was so much more paperwork, you know, so many more, you know, court hearings and all that kind of stuff. Um, also, just to note, of course, what we're talking about here is U.S. and Canada, um, because uh, Dr. Kelly's vast network of um, licensed attorneys that could answer these questions state by state and in Canada, um, territory by territory for you, you know, you may be in another country. So one of the key points here and the lessons learned from that article is get your information ahead of time. Don't wait till after the fact, right? Yes. So, you know, if you don't have a local family uh, planning lawyer, uh, reach out to Dr. Kelly because she can hook you up with some people if you are in, in any of the uh, United States or Canada. But if you're in another country, seek out a LGBTQ friendly family lawyer to start asking questions before you go off and get all excited and do all this kind of stuff. Know what you're going to be facing. So that way legal uh, mechanisms can be put in place prior to, so that you don't go through the same kind of horrific experience that that person in that article did. You know, and 
Thank you for saying that because that's exactly what we're doing. We're trying to educate folks today so that they can think through these things. I always say to people, you know, when you have all of the information, you can make a completely informed decision. So important to know, you know, what state or, or province or territory you're in, what are the laws and the folks who have that information are the licensed um, attorneys and folks who can practice. So let's talk about what's at the crux of the need for second parent adoptions, which is being a legal parent. And, you know, these are things that we don't necessarily think about. We get excited, as you said, we create a family, you know, we're not necessarily thinking that there's an actual legal definition of what being a parent is. And I, and I want to just also uh, remind folks, as you said at the beginning, I am not an attorney, but I am passionate about bringing this information and education into LGBTQ communities so that all of us can understand uh, where we might need some professional help. So, if you think about what the what a legal parent really is, it's somebody who is legally recognized and has the right to custody with the child, as well as the right to make decisions. And those would be healthcare, education, and well-being of the child. The other part of being a legal parent is that that parent then also bears responsibility financially for the stability of that child, right? And so what typically will um, convey a legal parentage is either that child is naturally born to you, right, uh, as the birth parent, or that child is born during a marriage, typically here in the U.S. If the child is born during a marriage, both of those um, people are considered to be the child's parent. Uh, the story of Dr. Sarah that I shared at the beginning, they were not legally married at the time of the birth, which is why they had these additional hoops to, to go through. And so if you are, um, you know, someone who is in a committed relationship, but you're not married, if you've decided to create a family using any of the, you know, various ways that LGBTQ folks can use to create a family, it's really important to think about how to create those legal parent connections to the child. But we also have folks who enter into relationships where children already exist, right? And, and actually, cishet couples do this as well. And so sometimes you may enter into a relationship and build a great relationship with a child and also want to be considered uh, one of that child's legal parents. And so folks in, in those situations may also uh, use second parent adoptions to create a family there. Now, sometimes second parent adoptions can be a little challenging because depending on the state that you're in, um, some there, there are many states in which only two parents are recognized. And so that might mean that a birth parent or a biological parent may have to give up rights in order for someone else to adopt a child. But there are a growing number of states here in the U.S. where more than one, more than two legal parents are actually recognized. And so, um, again, an important reason for folks to check out what's going on in their particular state. 
So let's go over a couple of reasons about why we want to do this, because my thought is there are thousands and thousands of LGBTQ couples who are creating families without any of this legal stuff in place, because sometimes we just haven't thought about how very important it can be for our families. So consent to medical care for a child. That's a huge one, right? In, in Dr. Sarah's case, she, she couldn't take the child to the doctor. She couldn't make medical decisions, right? Um, having the ability to approve things like school field trips or whether or not, you know, you can sign those forms that children have to um, have when they go off to summer camp, right? Um, what about even custody and visitation? You know, heaven forbid something should go wrong with your relationship and now you've split, but you've now developed this wonderful relationship with a child and the child needs to have you continuing in your in their life and you want to continue in that child's life without a legal connection to the child. There's no obligation for the other parent to make sure that that happens. So having uh, visitation rights or custody rights um, and Here's a worst case scenario. I hate to bring it up, but it's so important because we have families who are living through this, which is what happens upon the death of a biological parent, right? You've created a household. This child knows you as their, uh, as their parent, but the biological parent with legal responsibility has now passed away. There is no guarantee that a child could stay in your custody without that legal protection in place. And heaven forbid your family has not been supportive of your LGBTQ relationship and should decide to come for the child, even though the child has kind of known this person to be their other parent, you know, during their lifetime. So one of the things that Dr. Sarah also mentioned was the right to put your child on your insurance. Right. So if a couple is, you know, together and one has better insurance or one is working and one has decided to stay home, being able to have, you know, medical insurance for the child is also very important. The other thing that I'd like for people to think about is the financial obligation to raise a child is there when you have that legal connection, but it also creates the opportunity for a child to inherit from a parent. So if a child is not legally connected to that person when they pass, there's no guarantee that, that a court would pass on any of those assets to a child um, who doesn't have that legal connection. So these are all reasons why it's really important for us to actually, you know, take, take a time out. We have to come above the kind of the love and the care that we have in the relationship and to actually think strategically and maybe, um, you know, legally about what it is that we're doing. Wow. Dr. Kelly, you know, having, you know, being a parent myself, uh, practically everything that you stated, I was aware of, but so many people aren't. 
And so one of the other things I'd like to encourage our audience to do is on outbureau.com, when you register and complete at least 30% of your professional profile, it unlocks all the features, including groups. And we actually have an out families group. And there are people from all over the world. There's also an interview of a gentleman in the UK. He and his partner adopted two children and they actually started an entire uh, expo because of the lack of information, which is why this topic is so important. It's about getting information out. So I'd encourage folks, if you're, if you're considering, uh, if you have a family, if you're considering starting a family, join us on outbureau.com. Again, complete at least 30% of your profile to unlock all the features. Find, uh, go to groups and just type in search under the search family or families and that group will pop up and you're more than welcome to ask people there. They'll try to be as helpful as possible with questions that you have. And also place questions right here on YouTube if you're comfortable with that, you know, without disclosing information that you wouldn't like because it is a platform, right? Um, and of course, folks, uh, you can always get in contact with Dr. Kelly uh, and she can put you in, uh, get you, a part of the vast network of attorneys, which covers almost every aspect of both your personal and business life uh, from, a, from a legal perspective that you could uh, desire. Is there anything else on this particular topic that you'd like to share before we uh, let our audience go? No, Dennis, I think that's probably plenty. I hope that I've given folks just a little bit of a heads up on the kinds of questions that they might like to ask. Um, they're qualified attorneys and certainly uh, it's great to get also information from folks who've gone before you. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, well, absolutely. We'll see you in the next segment. And everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to uh, Chats with Dr. Kelly. And be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button on whatever application or website that you're watching or viewing this on so that you can stay informed as and get those notifications when we come out with new episodes. I hope you have enjoyed this a new format of short takes for, uh, and I'm trying to get other professionals on board as well to do similar. So be sure to hit that subscribe and follow. That's going to let me know and or put in comments down below and questions, your questions, your takeaways. What did you learn from this uh, short uh, conversation with Dr. Kelly today? We appreciate you listening as always, and I'm Dennis Falco. You have a fantastic day. Bye-bye.